What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Borger Sports Podcast. As always, the Borger Sports Podcast is brought to you by the Plumley Real Estate Group. The Plumley Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. Michael Kano, what's up? How's it going, Mike Williams? It's going all right. It's going all right. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm Absolutely. better. I'm a. I'm more tired physically this week. Yeah. But I am uh, much better emotionally and whatever I've recovered. I went home from church yesterday and I was uh, bummed out. Like there's no football till September. <laughs> yeah. Like what am I supposed to do, watch hockey? Like I don't like hockey. I mean, I do kind of like hockey, but. What's the new football league? The combination of the USFL and the XFL or something like that that's coming out in the spring? I don't know. It's like the USXFL. I have no clue what they're calling it. <laughs> XUFL. I have no clue what they're calling yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, maybe that'll turn out to be something. Maybe. They haven't had a lot of success in I the don't past, know. but you never know. I'm about to dive headfirst into college basketball. Dude, we're just about at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's ramping up. We're going to be talking about a little March Madness here pretty soon. Yeah, March is coming up. That's right. Filling yeah. out brackets. Fun. It's my favorite time of the year. Oh, I know. So much fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of basketball, Uh last night, NBA All-Star game, the East beats the West 211 (laughs) to 186 in the highest scoring All-Star game of all time. Michael Williams, what's your thoughts on this? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Uh, That's stupid. Uh, (laughs) This is why I don't watch the All-Star game. Uh, uh, even though, like, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker were in it. Like, sure. I just, uh, I just didn't watch it. You know, I, now we did have some family stuff yesterday. And, like, usually I was gone at, like, a retreat with our youth all weekend. So, like, yeah. for me to, like, watch the NBA All-Star game, I've got to, like, like, I've got to get into the the stuff over the weekend. Like, I've sure. got to see the slam dunk contest dunk and the three-point contest and, contest and like the skills that. challenge. I've got to see all that stuff. And I did, I missed all that stuff. Yeah. And then uh, it was my son's birthday on Saturday. So when we got home uh, yesterday afternoon, we we did, like, a bunch of family stuff for his birthday. Yeah. So that that kind of took, you know, that took over. I, I did I did play some Mario Golf, if that counts as sports with my kids. I think that kids. counts as sports, for uh, sure. We Absolutely. played Mario Golf for a while. Working on that I drive. dominated. Uh, I am, I'm really good at Mario Golf. I just would like to throw that out there. Do you even give knows. Emmy, like, do you give her a chance? Do you let her get a few Emmy strokes? doesn't play. Oh, she's uh, not allowed to play yet? I don't know. She's just never really gotten into it yet. And uh, Emmy's like an old soul. <laughs> she she likes TV and her shows, but she's like our other kids were into iPads and video games pretty yeah. early by yeah. her age, but she's just like I'm I'm good to play with my dolls. Yeah, you know. So, sure. uh, but Owen and Nora they're all about the games. So yeah, you know I gotta I gotta Owen's getting pretty good at some of the video games, and I've got I've just every once in a while I've gotta I've gotta humble him a little bit. You may not be the top dog for very long. I, I'm not anymore. Uh, just at Mario Golf gotcha. and uh, uh, you know Mario Kart. You know gotcha. I still like to lay the two the big smack. dogs. Yeah. yeah, I still Mario. Sure, Mario Kart, the best game of all time. Oh yeah, and absolutely. I, just, I was just like laying the smackdown every once in a while, I'm just yeah. saying like, you know, I'm still, I'm still. You're still the king. I'm still the dad in this house. You're so. still a LeBron. 
Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, if there's ever been a controversy about do they play NBA defensively? No, they don't. Is it a defensive no, they game? Don't. And I was actually talking to Les about this, this before he showed up yeah. here. He was like, 211 points. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's like just nobody plays defense. It's like they literally just like these, the, I mean, they're the yeah. best defenders in the league are in sure, this game. Yeah. And they're 211 points. Come on. <laughs> They're not playing defense at all. They're not even trying. Alley ooping each other, it's, just letting each other. It's so dumb. Defense gets that's, down. And that's why I don't watch it. Like, who wants to watch a non-competitive basketball game? Yeah, sure. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. If I want to be entertained, I'm going to go see something like that that's going to have some more comedy and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, at least they can do some cool tricks and, you know, include the audience, participation. Sure. Make it interesting. You know? Highlight of the weekend, though, Mac McClung, former Texas Tech uh, player, mm-hmm. slam dunk contest, jumps over Shaquille O'Neal. Did he? For the backwards dunk. If you haven't seen that, haven't go seen to it. YouTube and check out the yeah. highlight. Pretty impressive. Kids got hops. Yeah. Yeah. Did he Did he win the contest? I don't even know. I just saw. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> yes. It was a 10 to me, so I'm going to say yes. Okay. I didn't see the final. Yeah. All right. Well. Whenever you're ready, we got a lot of sports action to get through. Let's you want to get to the yeah. rundown? Yeah. The rundown. I'm going to kick us off here in wrestling action. Big news here. Big news. We've been watching this person for the last couple of weeks. Ariana Chavez yes. was on the show two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. She goes and wins the regional tournament. First girl in Borger history to do that. And so wow. this last weekend, she goes to Cypress, Texas, represents Borger at the UIL 5A State Wrestling Championships. Um, Ariana works her way through the bracket and gets to the championship match right. against a very common foe, mm-hmm. a girl from Lubbock Cooper that she has seen at district, at regionals. Same thing. It was round three. They were going to see each other mm-hmm. in the state finals. So they go into the state finals. After the first period, very competitive match. Ariana's up 1-0. Changes to a 3-0 lead after two periods. And then finally, at the end of the final buzzer, Ariana Chavez becomes the state champion All right. for the Borger Bulldogs in her division. Not only the first girl regional champion, mm-hmm. first girl state champion in Borger history. Wow. First champion since 2005. And also the first Bulldog to finish the season undefeated, going 44-0. With 41 pins. It's incredible, man. What's your thoughts, Michael? So incredible. Just a dominating, right? Yeah. I mean, just dominated the whole year. Uh, just, just, I mean, it's just, she's a champion, man. Can't oh, take yeah. it away from her. The mental strength yeah. to be able to go through that mm-hmm. and not give up a match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just stay consistent, 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 mm-hmm. and wrestle her match every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Also, I mean, great weekend for her. She also gets her career 100th win. Wow. As a junior, we still get her for one more year next year. That's insane. Shout out to Ariana. Congratulations. Just such an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. It's just so humble, too. Oh, yeah. We had her in here a couple weeks ago interviewing her. You know, she was not wanting to like, she's she's not all big and brag and cocky. She's just so humble and so sweet. And yeah. And just it's all about all about her business and just like, I just want to win. You know, just, I like competing. Yeah. And that's what you want, man. Oh, so, yeah. Tough kid. Tough kid. Super proud of her. Yeah. Congratulations, Ariana. Awesome. Congratulations. State champion. Yeah. Making Borker proud. That's right. All right. On to soccer. The Lady Bulldogs had a tough week, uh, dropping two in a row, losing to West Plains two to nothing, and then losing to Randall 
five to one. Uh, the ladies played tough, but had a tough time finding the net. They were actually winning against Randall before the Lady Raiders ran away with it in the first half. A goal by Braley Nivens was called back after an offsides penalty. Uh, it was zero to zero going into halftime, and within the first five minutes of the second half, Riley Lumpkin scored to give the Bulldogs the lead with 35 minutes left to go. And then with 28 minutes left, the Bulldogs were called on a handball in the box and Randall capitalized on the PK, tying it up one-to-one. The wheels just fell off after that as Randall scored four goals in the next 15 minutes. And the Lady Bulldogs are now in fourth place at two, four, and one. Yeah, tough. They're a good team. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're still trying to find their way Mm -hmm. to be a top tier team. I think if you're looking at the district right now, you know, if you're tearing the teams here, I I think you can say that Randall and West Plains are your tier one teams. They're, Mm -hmm. They're your top two teams that have been very competitive, made long runs in the playoffs. We, Borger, I would say is a top level two tier team that is trying to bust through mm-hmm. to be there. And and I think they have the capability of doing it. There are some things they still need to work on. And uh, we're going to have a great interview here later on with uh, Coach Victoria Nunez to be able to talk some more about that, yeah. about the mental aspect of mm-hmm. this game. But mm-hmm. we're a good team looking to become a great mm-hmm. team. I think they're on the verge of it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, I could tell the, gr- the girls were disappointed after that game because I was in, uh, I was at the and our youth root winter retreat for our church and you yeah. dropped uh you dropped Brooklyn off off late and she came in from the game and uh you know I was like how'd the game go? She was like, I don't want I don't want to talk about it tonight. <laughs> she's like she was like, ask me tomorrow. Sure. And I yeah. was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, take some time for yeah. her to come down like, off oh, of that. Man. Yeah. I was like, that's not good. Takes it hard. Takes yeah. it to heart. And I think there's several yeah. of these girls on this team that do that. Yeah. And and that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. That is a good yeah, thing. I we didn't... want them yeah. to be never settled with a loss, you know? Right. Absolutely. Because I've seen, I've seen good teams that never became great teams. Cause they were like, Hey, it's okay. We did our best. Yeah. 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 Just really had fun with you girls on the trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, that's what girls. I mean. It would have been different if she was like, yeah. Oh, we lost, but it was okay. Yeah. I'm so fine. On to tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We played it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, on to the boys, the boys endured their third tie in a row with West Plains. One to one. The boys finally broke their tie streak, though, as they beat the Randall Raiders one to nothing this weekend. This is the second time the Bulldogs have beat the Raiders this season. So they are currently in fifth place in at two, two and three. Oh, I bet they were so sick of those ties. I bet but they're hanging in there. And that's the thing about it is like, mm-hmm. I think any team in this league can play with anybody on any given day. Sure. So you got to you got to be ready to play mm-hmm. seeing that through all these ties and different losses and stuff like that. And wins. Yeah. It's been kind of crazy. Yep. All right, on to tennis. So the first tournament of the spring year has kicked off this weekend. They traveled to Amarillo for the Randall Love Tournament. Addison McMurtry takes away the championship winning in girls' singles action. Josh Drake and Miriam Lopez took second place in mixed doubles, just coming up short in the tiebreaker of that match, but did a great job. Ashley Saucedo and Destiny Jimenez found themselves facing some very common competition and uh, against Lauren Escobar and Madison Martinez, both from Borger and uh, Ashley and Destiny got the best of that one, placing third in girls doubles. And then JC McKinney and Alex De La Torre also in action, placed sixth in mixed doubles. All right. On to golf. Lexi Small, London Rios, and Amory Lopez all complete, competed 
in the Dumas Invitational last week, and all three ladies shot personal bests. Hey, and how about that, that golf booster club hooking you up? Yeah. us both up with those those Titleist those hats. Those Titleist golf hats, yeah, they're sick. Oh, man. With the man. border logo on the side there. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they look sweet. I'm going to be wearing that around town. Shout out for to sure. Golf yeah, boosters. Yeah, thank you to the, the Borger Golf Boosters. Yeah, they do a great job. Awesome. All right, softball action. So the Lady Bulldogs started off the season with a win last Tuesday, beating Shallow Water 4-3. to three. This weekend, they went to Lubbock for a very competitive LISD Invitational Tournament, and, and the ladies did find some struggles over the weekend, uh, losing six games. Uh, dropped to River Road 4-6, to six, Lubbock Monterey 5-12, Lubbock Coronado 5-7, a very big Midland Legacy team, 5'12", mm-hmm. Lubbock High School, 5'15", and then Andrews, 6'10". Kylan Saxon, Joanna Stevens, and Kinley Mitchell all went yard for the Lady Bulldogs on the weekend. Kinley actually had two bombs all right. at the plate. All right, on to powerlifting. Uh, they traveled to Highland Park this weekend for the Ralph Shimwell Invitational. The boys finished in fourth place overall. Hunter Renau uh, finished in second place in the 132 division, lifting 925 pounds. Ryland Smith in seventh uh, in the 165-pound division with 940 pounds. Dylan Yankee, 10th place in 165 with 885 pounds. Isaiah Padilla in first place in the 242-pound division with 1,500 pounds lifted. Big number there. Carlos Cardenas, first place in the 275 division with 1,295 pounds lifted. And Justin Forrester, first place... In the super heavyweight. In the super heavyweight. Thank yeah. you for, for telling me what that meant. Lifting 1,285 pounds pounds it's kind of interesting you see isaiah there in the lower lower weight class of them but putting up some big weight dude that is some big and there those guys are still finishing first and he's oh yeah he i mean yeah man putting up some big weights there those guys absolutely yeah all right the girls they finished in seventh place emma gutierrez uh finished in sixth at the 123 pound division with 570 total pounds frida barrera in fifth place with 140 in the 148 division with 440 pounds. Uh, Sailor Lerman in seventh place at the 165 division with 645 pounds lifts, lifted. Addison Boyd third in the 181 pound division with 730 pounds. And Samantha Chavez in first place at the 242 pound division with 1,015 total pounds lifted. She's putting up more weight than some of the boys. She's pretty yeah. strong. She yeah. is a strong, strong girl. There we go. All right, on to Frank Phillips College action in men's basketball on Monday, February the 12th. The Plainsmen lost 65-54 to at home to Odessa College. Followed that up with another loss, unfortunately, on Thursday, um, February the 15th to New Mexico Military Institute, 61-56. to Currently, the Plainsmen sit at 5-18 and on the season with just six games left to play. In the women's side, last Monday night, the Lady Plainsmen took on Odessa College. And they also lost that game, unfortunately, 73-62. to Yeah, on to Plainsmen baseball. This past weekend, the Plainsmen traveled to Weatherford to take on the Weatherford Coyotes in a three-game series. Uh, the Plainsmen started out with a win on Friday night. They won 11-2. to uh, but they dropped both games in the Saturday doubleheader, losing seven to one and then ten to one. Uh, the Plainsmen are currently three and six on the season. 
And uh, the Lady Plainsmen softball, they played on Friday and Saturday, February 9th and 10th. They dropped a two-game series to Luna Community College. They lost the first game in a close one, 10 to 8. In the second game, they couldn't just they just couldn't keep up with Luna College, losing 25 to 11. And they were supposed to play a doubleheader against Luna College on Sunday, uh, but those games were canceled. Uh, their doubleheader against Seward County Seward County Community College on Tuesday, the 13th, was also postponed. And so this last weekend, they took on Vernon College. They won the first game three to one. The second game they lost. 13 to 9. And then they traveled to Heston College and lost two on Sunday, 12 to 10 and 12 to 4. And they currently sit at 4 and 6 on the season. Man, you can tell the spring's coming up because there's a lot of action going on. Oh, yeah. There's all so sorts of different sports. Packed, tons of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. And yep. I guarantee you guys are going to want to stick around because after the commercial break, two special guests in the studio mm-hmm. today, Victoria Nunez and Jose Flores. The head coaches of the Bulldogs soccer teams are in the house today. Yes. Before we get to the commercial, though. Yeah. Uh, I didn't run this by you. Um, and we're not going to we're not going to do this. This is not going to be a regular thing. You know, I'm not going to. But I have to give a shout out. I love shout outs. To one of our faithful, regular listeners of the podcast. Every week I come to church and then this kid is like, hey, I listened to the podcast this week. I loved it. I listened to this. I listened to the podcast this week. I loved it. And I told him a couple weeks ago, hey, I'm going to give you a shout out on the podcast. And, and this guy's been faithful. Yeah, and I forgot. I keep forgetting to give him a shout out. Oh, you got to get him. So Jackson Mills. Jackson Mills, super fan. Super fan of the Borger Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening, buddy. And thanks for telling everybody else to listen. And thanks for being a faithful listener of the podcast, man. You're a good kid. And... uh now we're going to go to our commercial break. <laughs> if you guys know any other super fans, let us know. Yeah. You know a super fan in your household? We'll give them a shout out. Yeah, let us know. All right. Now here's a word from our sponsor. We would like to thank the Plumley Real Estate Group. Plumley Real Estate Group is the official sponsor of the Borger Sports Podcast. Are you looking to sell your current home or property or on the hunt for your dream home? Look no further than Plumley Real Estate Group. Plumley Real Estate Group is your trusted partner in finding the perfect property for you and your family or selling your current home in the competitive real estate market. Plumley Real Estate Group's agents understand that buying or selling a home is a significant decision, and they are here to make the process as smooth and stress-free as possible. Plumley Real Estate Group's team of dedicated and knowledgeable agents will guide you every step of the way, from listing your home or browsing listings to closing the deal. Join the many satisfied homeowners and sellers who have worked with Plumley Real Estate Group. Contact Plumley Real Estate Group online today at plumleygroup.kw.com to schedule a consultation. Plumley Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. And we are back in the studio, Michael Williams. Yes. Special day today. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. We've been talking about this since Always the good first to have part. some guests here. It is. And especially yeah. these two kind of guests. Sure. <laughs> Guys in the studio with us today, we have two Borger High School 
head soccer coaches, Victoria Nunez and Jose Flores. Thanks for so, being here, guys. Thank, thank you for you. having Thanks us. For having us. Yeah. Hey, we're excited. I've been wanting to get y'all on the show here and felt like this was a good time to come on. We are mid-district now. Just mm. completed the first round of district. Yep. And uh, getting ready to look on to the next second half of district. So uh, before we get started, if someone here is new, uh, to the program, new to soccer, never been out to a game before. I'm going to let y'all do a little bit about um, talking about yourself, introduce yourself, your experience, and, and kind of what brought you here in that process to to be the head coach of Borger. Victoria, okay. home royalty. We'll start with you. <laughs> um, my name is Victoria Nunez. I'm the girls' head soccer coach. I actually graduated from Borger in uh, 2017, so it's it's been a little bit. Um, played soccer. I played volleyball. I ran track at Borger. Um, I was on varsity for four years in soccer. Uh, when I graduated, I went to Eastern New Mexico and played soccer there. So um, after I graduated, wanted to come back and kind of serve my community. So it's been really nice to kind of be back, see some familiar faces, and uh, I've been really enjoying it so far. So it's a little bit different for you because you've seen this from multiple perspectives. You've seen this from a player. You've seen this from a sibling. Now you're seeing this as a head coach and a teacher. Yeah. You know, what's that been like for you to kind of grow up within a community and then come back and lead that community? It's It's been weird, but also welcoming in a way. It's, it's the same school that I went to, but there's a bunch of different faces. But at the same time, there's also a lot of familiar faces. And so it's like kind of reliving my childhood almost in a little way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming back in, you know, when I was in high school, we didn't have this really nice stadium and this really nice facility. Mm-hmm. We we ran on a dirt field. And so mm-hmm. it's it's been awesome kind of seeing the growth that Borgers had um, kind of as a community, um, as a town. You know, it's 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 been different being here in, in 2017 and then coming back in 2022. It's It's been a big change. So, um, I mean, it's, it's a change that's really good. Um, it's nice to see the growth in not only the kids, but the community. And so it's, it's been weird, but it's, it's really nice to see something that I, I love that's really close to my heart kind of get better. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a really good experience. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the last remnants of your old playing days are those old cinder block (laughs) dugouts that are over there across (laughs) the street from Texana gymnasium. Yeah. Those were a different, those were different kind of game days right over there. They were fun there, right? (laughs) Well, Jose, your, your experience is quite a bit different because you're not from Borger. I am And so you're (laughs) someone that is a panhandle guy, but new to the community. So tell us a little bit about you and, and your experience. Uh, Yes, sir. So, um, Jose Flores and I actually graduated from Palo Duro. I was born and raised in Amarillo and I didn't do multiple sports like Victoria did. I only played soccer my four years. I I grew up playing soccer, but before I played soccer, uh, I was a baseball kid. Um, my grandfather introduced me to baseball, and then my dad introduced me to soccer around 12 years old, and I just fell in love with that sport, and it st- stuck with it since. But after Paladero, I went to Wayland, played there for a year, and then I transferred to West Texas A&M. That's where I finished my, uh, my playing years there with West Texas A&M. Um, and then got this opportunity. Um, I didn't think I was going to coach um, soccer but or high school, a matter of fact. Um, but I'm glad I got this opportunity. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to love Borger, but I love Borger right now. So Yeah. 
So, yeah. and so like you, you did some minor league soccer stuff. Oh, uh, I did. Yes, I um, actually after I graduated at WT, I moved to Dallas for a few months to play semi pro there. Mm-hmm. Um, the league was called the the United Premier Soccer League, yeah. and well, I only played there for a few months because I blew out my knee. And it was, I was devastated, so I moved back to Amarillo and decided to start my own, uh, my own club, my own franchise in Amarillo, and you know, I started from there. That's where like I got the experience from coaching, and not just from that, but as well as like the management part, a uh, business aspect of the area as well. So, and we just grew from there, and and then I heard about the opportunity here at, in Borger for the head uh, boys position, and. I say, why not? Well, let me give it a shot. So, yeah, <laughs> I remember that initial conversation between you and I on the phone. Yes, kind of talking yes, about yes. the job and what it would look like. Funny story, and I'll tell this story here. On the oh podcast. yeah, it's a very it's funny. funny story. <laughs> but so, you know, we're we're in search. We had just lost our head coach, and we had success with our previous head coach, and so we're wanting to keep that going, looking for someone really qualified. And so Jose's name comes up through the travel soccer leagues in Amarillo. And so I send him a message and I'm like, hey, if you're interested, I'd love to talk with you. Well, we get to messaging back and stuff like that. And then we talk on the phone and I can tell like in the conversation, I think he's interested. He's got a ton of experience. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to text message like the superintendent or somebody and be like, uh-huh. hey, I think he's super interested. <laughs> yeah, so then he sent it to him. And I yeah. sent it to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he and sends a picture. Like I'm fanboying yeah. over him. And I'm like, I'm sending a picture of him yeah. and everything. Like, this is him. I think he's really interested. That's really so, embarrassing, huh? It was super yeah. embarrassing. Because <laughs> then I had to recall the message and it wouldn't recall. I've done, I've done stuff like that And before. then I was like, hey, dude, I'm so sorry. I know I look like a weirdo right now. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I was like, why is he sending a picture of me? <laughs> hey, man, you got to recruit anywhere you can. That's how you work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the soccer season so far. And so we will start, Jose, since we're already going with you. Mm. We're halfway through the boys' season. I believe, and you guys' record, we had it on there, on the paper. Uh, I, Cut it, I, just, I didn't print the paper. It was like two, two, and three. And district, uh, it's two, two, and three. Yes, two, two, and three right now in district. Yes, and so, what's your thoughts after kind of non-conference schedule, working into the first round of district, and what you're seeing for this next round of district? So, my thoughts uh, right before district started, um, I honestly think or thought that we were actually doing really well. I I actually had a bright future or good. Um, how would you say, like success for district? I thought we'd be in the top four right now but once district started we're kind of struggling right now um i think i think it just got in our heads that since we did so well in non-district we're gonna do very well in district and i think it got into the boys heads a little bit and at this point we're just battling with the mental aspect of it um because we're beating we're not beating teams that we should be beating we're struggling and putting the ball in the net um, so those are kind of things where I kind of have to step up and see, okay, um, the weakness is here. Now I got to figure out what to do to build that strength back up for us. And not just that, but also like uh, figure out a way where these boys could build that confidence back up. But before district, I was like, okay, we're going to, I think we're going to do really well, but we are struggling a little bit. Um, but I think since, uh, since second round started again, I think we're, we'll bounce back from it because I see a, a fire in the boys 
it's different this time around. Um, they seem more motivated. They seem like they want it more. And so I think that's going to play a big aspect in these upcoming games. Yeah, so I don't know if, if anyone here is Ted Lasso fans, but the, <laughs> the start of season two, they go like on this streak of seven ties in a row and they mm. just keep tying. So <laughs> when you guys hit that third tie in a row, oh, I was like, we're on Ted Lasso season two. <laughs> oh, we just no. kept tying every game. Yeah, we just kept tying, man. Uh, <laughs> we just got to finish the games. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So how important is that mental aspect that you were talking about? I think this can be for other one of you guys. How important is that mental aspect that you were talking about just now when it comes to soccer? Well, it's just like that old saying says, like, hard work beats talent. Um, there's uh, Victoria, I think she could agree with me. There's a lot, a lot of talented soccer players. But just because you're a talented soccer player, would it, it won't win the team. And I told the boys prior to the season started um, – a successful team is all about the team that wants more, the team that works hard, and the team that is willing to work through the process. Um, and that's how successful teams happen. But if you're just, if you think you're talented and you think you, just because you're talented is going to win you game, it's not going to win you games. Uh, so the mental aspect of it is very important. Um, we were talking about earlier that how, how uh, in college the, the mental aspect of it, like it really hits us. Um, whenever we were freshmen in college, like I thought I was the best in the world. And then once a best talented uh, player from a different country came in, he just showed me, he kind of like shut me up. So, <laughs> so I had to prove to myself like, okay, I could keep up with him or I could try to be better than him mm -hmm. or where the mental comes in as like, you know what? I don't want to do it no more. I give up. Like, I just want to go back home or just study what I have to do. So, <laughs> so, uh, mental, I think, uh, Victoria agrees with me as well with this, like mental for soccer is a very big thing. Yeah. Vic, we were talking about the show or before the show, we were talking about the mental aspect and how that can hurt some players going into college. And so you were sharing a little bit about your experience over at Eastern New Mexico and having to overcome some of those mental um, mental strains that were coming on you, kind of where you came from as a very good player mm -hmm. in the Panhandle, and then going to where you're playing a lot of good players. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, high school right now, kind of the mental game is a little bit different from college. Um, when you go into college, you know, in high school, you can be a really good player. You can be one of the better players on your team, the best players in the Panhandle, or, you know, one of the better players in the state, but you're playing against all the other good players from their panhandle and their district mm. and their state. And so it's, it's, um, you know, you can be fast, but if that's your only quality, everybody else is going to be fast too. You can be strong, but everybody sure. else is strong too. And so it's, it's coming to the point where you can get over that, that mental, um, almost that like humbleness. You, you, you have to be humble in a way because, it's, it's a lot different from high school. You're working through being tired. You're working through being mentally focused. You're doing it as a, as a job. You're doing it 24 seven. So, um, kind of getting over that mental hump is, is the only way that you can really be successful as a college player. Um, most people don't make it past their freshman year. It's, it's a lot to take in mentally. So learning how to kind of get over that is the only way you're going to yeah. kind of get through it. Sure. Mm -hmm aspects of that you're exactly right you know one of the things I talk to like even with my own kids about and other kids that have come through the middle school and stuff like that is you know you ask kids about well how are you doing how are you getting ready how, what are you doing to work on and they'll be like oh well I 
I played with this, I guess played with this summer team, or I played AEV volleyball or something like that. And I think what they what they tend to forget or what they overlook is they they assume that just doing that is going to make them great. They assume that just doing that is going to make them the best without thinking that every team from every town in the Texas Panhandle is doing the same yeah. thing. You know, if not more. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to separate yourself or make yourself different in that aspect? You know, you can't just do what everyone else is doing and expect that you're going to win. Yeah. And, and so what have you guys seen that really made those players a, a notch above at the college level? You know, I'm a good high school player. What do I have to do to be a great high school player and then eventually be a good college soccer player? So I think that um, kind of the, one of the things that I've seen is, is you know, it's it's not not typical to see most college players kind of have the same thing. I mean, me and Coach Flores had the same experience of that. You know that we had to be mentally humbled. And um, it's, it's not uncommon to see. I mean, most of the kids that come in are kind of thinking the same thing. You know, they're the better players on their team, the better players in their, in their area. And so um, I think the one difference that it makes is just, just working hard. You have to have that, that mentality that you're going to work hard no matter what. And so, um, that's the one thing that, you know, I, I shared with you guys that I didn't have going into college. I didn't know how to work hard mentally. Sure. Um, when I was tired, I would just give up. And so, you know, it, it takes having that coach or, or those players that are going to be on your side and tell you, Hey, you're not doing what you need to be doing. You're not where you need to be. You have to pick it up and you have to get better. And so, um, I think just that, that, you know, it's, it takes, it's really easy to tell somebody to work hard, but mm. when you're doing it on your own time, it's really hard to do. And, um, so it's, it's kind of coming to that agreement with yourself that if you want to be the best, not just saying you're the best, but actually doing the best in stats and, and having the awards and the games and, and all that type of stuff that you're going to have to mentally prepare yourself to go through all the, all the hard stuff too. And, um, I think that's what a lot of kids don't really realize is that it's not just, you're saying that you're doing something. It's actually putting your mind to it and and putting your body out there and really doing it yourself instead of just, you know, saying that you're doing it. Was there a difference in the processing speed, having to think and react faster? Was there a huge jump from the high school level to the college level whenever you did that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, my friend and I, we always talk about this. I feel like everyone in high school have, has the ability to play college but it's about if they could keep up with the fast level and the fast pace. Um, Cause that's what they, most college recruits look at is to see if this kid could keep up with the pace. Um, can they keep up with how fast or how high the level of the, this athlete can uh, keep up with this type of other athlete. And so that's what mainly our college coaches are looking for and it just comes to mind it, it really is a mental thing uh, I remember a college coach telling me like alright guys so let's I have no AC in my car roll up all your windows don't roll it down it's 90 degrees and just drive around town and don't turn on the AC <laughs> and let's see how long you guys can last and I was like ah, whatever so I actually tried that and man <laughs> Like within the 30 seconds, I was like, I wanted to roll down the window or turn on the AC. I was like, no. So that kind of helped my mental aspect mm. of wanting to like keep pushing. And I ended up doing it for like 15 minutes. So mm-hmm. the next day in practice, uh, we're doing uh, what my co- coach would call 120s. We would have to run the full field under like 30 seconds. 
Um, and I hated that. I would always give up. I even tried to like fake an injury. Uh, just so I would have run it. I love so, the honesty on that. Yeah, too. I mean, like, we've even all the, done it as a boy. You know? Yeah, but even the athletic trainer called me out on it. That you're, it's BS, man. I was like, no, it really hurts right here, man. <laughs> well, anyway, so when I did that, coming into practice, practice the next day, uh, I pushed myself, and I, I actually finished doing it. And, and I told myself, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep pushing. I really want to get minutes. I really want to play. So I'm gonna keep pushing. And sure enough, I I finished it. And coach, like, hey, man. I see a difference in you today. Well, thanks, coach. I actually did what you told me. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's all mental. It's all mental. Yeah, I think I think kind of the hardest part is, well, I don't know. I guess the girls and the, and the guys came is a little bit different, but mm-hmm. um, I think coming in was the speed a little bit, but I think mostly the physicality. I don't mm. think that you really realize how physical the girls game is compared to the boys, and they're both pretty physical, but sure. The girls is a little bit slower paced and it's a little bit more aggressive. Mm. And um, and I was small. I was I was tiny. I'm not very tall. I'm not very big. And so, you know, we were going into games where we were playing girls that were over six foot. They're over 200 pounds. They were big girls and they're athletic. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you can't just be fast because when she catches you, mm-hmm. you're on the floor. Yeah, and so it was like sure. kind of coming to terms with... Um, also, I think fitness. I think fitness was a big thing too because, mm-hmm. you know, you can be the fittest person on the field, but you got to be fit enough to to match your opponent. And so, you know, if you're playing, you know, an outside back or you're playing a wing back, you got to be fit to come, you know, up and down the field. And I think that's one of the biggest, the hardest things that I had to realize coming to terms with was kind of the fitness level. You don't, you think you're in shape. And then when you get there, you're like, there's no way that I was ever mm-hmm. going to be prepared for this. And so it's, you know, that kind of ties into the mental aspect too, pushing yourself kind of beyond your limits. You know, you're, your brain will tell you when to stop, but your body can keep going if you tell yourself to keep going. So Sure. And being able to see you now over the year, I think that's a big part of what you do with your team. You know, you message them about making sure that they're running. You do a lot of conditioning work during the summertime and preparing them physically with that. Are you pleased with the progress of the team or you feel like we're getting there and we're not there yet? Where I are they at as far as physical condition? So physical condition wise, um, I don't think I've pushed it as hard this year as I did last year. I mean, you know, by the time we got done, I have girls that play soccer and track. And by the time we got done with soccer season, they were already in red in shape for track. They, they didn't have to really get in sh- into shape. And so this year has been a little bit different. I think we've kind of, we've focused a little bit more on tactical stuff. Um, we need to do fitness probably a little bit more, but um, I think that we we have a lot of players that are really good about hiding it just because they work hard. And so it's kind of that mental aspect too, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we do a lot of fitness and, and I think that the girls, I mean, you could talk to any of the girls and they'll tell you, it feels like we're a track team, but you have to be conditioned. I mean, sure. you, I mean, soccer is a game of mistakes. So, you know, you go that last five mm-hmm. minutes and, and you're lazy the last five minutes and that costs you the entire game. Then you work sure. for 90 minutes for nothing. So, um, making sure that we're fit is, is usually my top priority. Uh, you could be the worst team on the field, but if you're the hardest working team, you're still, you're still going to win games. And so that's kind of one thing that we've, we've told the girls, you know, you may not have that, the 10 plus years of experience playing soccer, but if you work hard, you're going to win games just because you work hard the whole time. You don't give up. So that's kind of been our, our main thing that we've been focusing on. Sure. And actually I think we could both say we probably got caught in one game by one of those kind of teams that maybe didn't have the skill level, mm. but worked hard on the field mm-hmm. and ended up upsetting us yeah. in a very shocking. And we'll talk about that in mm-hmm. a minute. Um, and both of you guys, I think, with your teams have had to battle a little bit of injuries. Is is that yes. a difficult part of being a coach is 
trying to balance, like you said, the fitness aspect, the physicality of it, but at the same time, keeping your players healthy to endure a long, long season. Because without those players in key positions, now you're trying to scramble and put players to cover at different areas. What is that balance like? Um, I I totally agree because I feel like this year has been different than last year. Like this year, we've had a lot of injuries on the boys' side. And I'm pretty sure on the girls' side as well. So I like Victoria on the fitness aspect of it. I kind of pulled back a little bit because I don't want the guys to pull something or to tear something. Um, so I'm trying to find that balance because once they, once the injured players come back in, I don't want to push them a hundred percent into a full sprint or into a, like a three mile run or whatever, uh, just so they could get back into shape or get fit and keep up with the team. But it, it's difficult. It's difficult having those injured players and, and then the guys that are a hundred percent and trying to balance that. But this, sure. that's where we kind of have to, uh, mess things around or like figure something out to where we can find that balance but it's it's difficult <laughs> is it hard not to want to grab them when you see them on the sideline you know you need them and be like get out there yeah just man. manage through the best you can oh trust me there's a couple of times <laughs> uh, i almost did that but <laughs> yeah it's it's hard i think um for us a lot of it has been um in preparation so you know girls when they're warming up they they talk more than they stretch and so it's uh it's been one of those things where we're kind of like come on you have to take it serious you know you go in and you're not ready then you pull you know you pull a hamstring you pull a quad and then you're out for the rest of the season and so it's kind of taking that preparation seriously um Mm -hmm. also it's it's really hard I, I don't think I dealt with this last year but the girls won't tell me the truth when they're hurt. <laughs> and so, mm. you know, they'll say, oh, I'm not hurting coach. I'm not hurting coach. And then, you know, it progressively gets worse. And, you know, I can't, I can't tell if they're hurting unless they're limping. So sure. it progressively gets to the point where you can physically tell they're in pain and they're like, oh, you know, I've been hurting for three weeks. I just don't want to tell you. And so it's like, well, I wish you would have told me before we wouldn't have this, this issue now. And so it's, sure. it's kind of going through that too. And then, um, I think, one thing that we've gotten a lot better at this year is, is taking, you know, going to the trainer seriously, you know, taking ice baths seriously and, and taking stretching and stuff like that. Seriously. Uh, we've been dealing with a lot of sickness a lot recently, which I think is kind of everyone. I mean, the school's going through it too. So, um, you know, I'll tell the girls after practice, go home and drink some orange juice, go home and drink some emergency, stay healthy, drink water. So it's kind of one of those things that it's, it's hard to do because, you know, you're not at home coaching them, telling them, hey, make sure you go to bed early tonight. Mm. And so it's like one of those things that you're kind of putting the responsibility on them to go to the trainer, make sure, make sure they're mentally and physically prepared. And so it's kind of one of those things that's difficult to do, but, you know, is necessary for a lot of them that are going through this mid-season injury type of stuff. Sure. Now going to the girls' side here, Coach, we are currently 2-4-1, sitting in the number four spot for district what's your thoughts and your evaluation your takeaways from the first round of district now going into the next round of district so I think you know we came in we came in pretty strong this year um pre-district you know we came in and, and we played a lot of really difficult teams we got some results that you know were really good for us I think you know we've done we've done a lot of hard work over the last year I mean it's been sure work through the season work through the summer um you know preseason stuff that we've it's it's taken a lot of hard work and so we got into district um I think we we started a little lax we were a little laid back um we kind of 
we kind of were a cocky for a little bit, kind of thought, oh, you know, we're going to come out. We're going to do really good. And and then I think, you know, we kind of got put in our place. And so that's a good thing. I think I think that they needed to kind of see was, you know, um, you can be the better team, but it doesn't mean you have to stop working. You have to keep you have to continue to work hard to win all the games you need to. And so um, I think that's kind of where we're at right now is, um, you know, we're looking to we're looking forward towards the next the next round of district. Um I think we have some we have some good games coming up, um, and we need to pick up some some good results. But I think that they're they're mentally prepared. I think we've kind of we've kind of gone through the process. We've had some some good speeches, and um, you know I've had the girls come in and talk to a bunch of different people. Um, I, I even told them before one game, look up, you know, corny soccer motivational videos before you play. You know, anything <laughs> mm-hmm. that's going to get you pumped oh, yeah. up. <laughs> and so. Um, They've they've been taking that a little bit more serious. I think that they're 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 mature enough to realize, you know, that it's it's going to take a lot more than just being, you know, the better technical team, the faster team. Sure. Um, and so they're they're kind of starting to get to that point where they're like, you know, we do have to work hard. We're going to have to work hard uh, to get the results that we want. So I think I'm excited to see how they perform. Um, we started lax in the beginning, but it started to pick up. So I'm excited to kind of see how they end up towards the end. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, it like you were talking about being the more tactical team, being the more experienced team, these kind of things, they can go a long way. But hard work, you know, that can really pay off in the end. And so you have a game coming up this next Friday against a team that I know you really want to get a win against. And that's Perryton and both of you guys, actually, mm-hmm. both of you guys <coughs> lost by one goal apiece to... A tough Perryton team, yeah. but team that we feel like, I think both of you guys, and talking with y'all separately, very beatable. Mm-hmm. So what's your thoughts, your game plan, preparation for this week going into that game, Coach? So I think ours, um, you know, the first time we played Perryton, they're they're not the same Perryton that we played last year. You know, they've improved mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of um, pretty athletic girls. Um, and, you know, props to their coach. They've done a really good job. Um, I think we came out and thought, oh, you know, this is the same Perryton we played last year. It's, you know, going to be an easy game. And the girls were humbled. And I think they kind of needed that. They needed a little bit, a little bit of a some some building to their character but I think that um we've kind of learned our lesson I'm excited to kind of see them come out I think sometimes um when we play teams that we know we can beat that we uh not necessarily stoop down but get over over anxious and it's it's more Mm -hmm. of an individual game instead of a team game and so um when we start playing as individuals you can really tell we struggle and so um I think coming into this game um I think they've kind of be kind of been mentally prepared. I mean, it was it was devastating. The girls were crying after the game, and and it was it was one of those things where it was like, you know, we didn't expect this, but I think that we needed it. We needed to kind of be humbled for a second and um, to kind of get them back on track to say, hey, you know what? You may be the better team, but if you're not working as hard, you know, you're not going to come get the results that you want. So um, I'm excited to see how how they kind of turn around from that from the loss that we took last last uh, last time we played Perryton. So I think it'll be I think it'll be good, but yeah. you know, we'll see we'll see how hard we come out and work. <laughs> That's right. I know Michael, with you being a basketball fan, you'll appreciate this. So yeah, one of my favorite teams to analyze is the 1992 Dream Team. Mm. I was a kid. Mm. I remember that time, 12 years old. You know, 11, 12 years old, and they're just, you're putting all of these basketball gods together on the mm-hmm. same court. You know, this is just unbelievable. Well, when you look into that team, the very first game they ever played, which was a practice game, but it was, they played it like a full game, 
they lost. They lost against a team of college kids that were put together to play against them. So you see like a Bobby Hurley and a Chris Weber and stuff like that. They actually beat the Dream Team in their first game. Now, there's a lot of different theories about this game, you know. Some people believe that Chuck Daly, the head coach, actually threw the game. If you look at the how much how little Michael Jordan played and how he played the different players, that he had the guts in order to do that to prove a point to them. You know, you could lose. And I think Carl Malone even says, like, you know, the one speech he ever gave us was, you know, you could lose, you gotta be ready to play at any moment. So to have the guts in a circumstance like that <laughs> to throw a game. You know, and then they come back the next round and mm-hmm. destroy them by like a hundred or something right, like right. that because they're the dream team or whatever. Sure. But you know, how important was that for a like a coach for Chuck Daly to recognize um you're not just coaching a team, you're coaching personalities. Mm-hmm. And so both of you guys, you have a lot of strong personalities on your team. Yeah. You know, is that an aspect of it, trying to keep them humble and trying to, you know, let them realize, you know, you could lose. You're not you're not just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're going to be a great make us a great team. Yeah, I think um, I think for us, um, a lot of it is isn't. I guess I guess cocky is not the right word. I guess it's more of you know they have to remember where they came from. A lot sure. of it, you know, they've progressed over the years, over you know the last the last year or two, and so and and I think it's a lot of you know remember when you were getting beat fourteen to zero. Remember when you were getting blown out eighteen to zero. Um, and remember how that feels. And so, you know, we we had a game where we played um, Wichita Falls Hershey this year, and I think we beat them 14 to 1 or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and you know, instead of, you know, being that team that was loud and cheerful, you know, the girls came to me and said, I feel bad for them. And I was like, well, why do you feel bad? You know, like, and they said, you know, because that was us. That was us. We were that team sure. that was getting beat that bad. And I said, you have to remember where you came from. You've yep. improved a lot, but it doesn't mean that you can't go back. If you continue to let your attitudes, you know, kind of kind of take over that, then it doesn't mean you can't be in that position again. And so um, it's kind of been one of those things that we're working through. You know, we ha- we're, we're kind of wishy-washy on days. There's days where we're really confident going in games. And then there's days where it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to play today. And so it's it's trying to get into a consistent mentality, I think. Um, sure. Sure. There's a lot of time where we have inconsistencies. And so it's, it's, I think that their, their skill level has improved tremendously where their mentality hasn't. Yeah. And so it's, it's trying to work them through, you know, you're a good team, you're still beatable, but you're still a good team. So be confident enough to where, um, you know, you're still working hard, but know that, you know, you still have to work to a team to kind of achieve the goals that you want to. And so that's kind of what we're going through. Right now. Yeah. I like how she said, or she was talking about attitude. Because uh, every every time before we step onto the field, before a game or before practice, I let the boys know, like, what attitude are you coming on into this field right now? Mm-hmm. Or do you have the attitude of winning or the attitude of losing? Um, because if you have that losing attitude or losing mentality, I don't want you on the field right now. But if you're out here wanting to learn, you want to win, you want to be coachable, then you're going to be out here right now. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> attitude is a big thing that I always bring up to the boys, even before a game. Um, and this Friday, it's a very big win for us. We need a bit, we need this win. Um, mm-hmm. and I take it personal. I really do because I did not like the way how Perryton celebrated on our field. Uh, I didn't like the way how they left the field. So I, I told the boys, I'm taking this personal boys. I don't know about yeah. you, but this is personal for me now. So let's go out there and win. <clears throat> let's do our talking on the field. And we had the same experience, uh, where we lost to Canyon. Um, we lost to Canyon and it was sure. a team we should have won. Sure. It should have been a, a, a three points for us. Uh, but 
I remember I was talking to other coaches. I was like, man, this team worries me. Why, coach? It should be an easy win. Yeah, it should be, but but their work ethic, man. And the boys, I, I see the attitude right now, and they're they're walking around like we got this win already. Sure. Like they have they they already won it. It worries me. <clears throat> and sure enough, uh, we ended up losing two to one, and I didn't know what to say. I walked into the locker room. It was just dead silence. Dead silence, and I think the boys knew. Uh, the boys knew that, that everything that I was telling them, like, uh, we got to work hard if we got to match their work ethic or we have to be better than that. And sure enough, their work ethic was better than ours. And um, and the results showed. And and it's just the attitude. What attitude are you going to walk in? Um, and it's all about confidence as well. And we, uh, Coach Nunez was saying earlier about uh, uh, watch uh, YouTube videos before a game. And that's what I told the boys as well. And that's what I would do uh, before a big game I had to play. I'd watch uh, goalkeeper highlights because I'm a sure. goalkeeper. Yeah. And I would just watch highlights of goalkeeping, uh, goalkeeping. And it would just motivate me, build that confidence. And guys, you do the same thing too. Like you may, you probably won't do it on the field, but you probably have the confidence to probably even attempt it. So just build that confidence. And But yeah, this Friday, it's a must win for us. Um, if we win, I think we'll go up into third. So I'm ready. I hope the boys are ready. So. Sure. Do you feel a lot of pressure this year coming off of your initial season, winning a gold ball? Mm-hmm. Does that add to the pressure of this season or is this just another season you're just competing and then the accolades happen as they will happen? Uh, the way I see it, I don't really see the pressure, but the way how I see it, um, <clears throat> yes, getting a gold ball, uh, getting that ac- accomplishment is awesome, but at the where we're sitting at right now, I feel like um, if we even just make playoffs, sure. that would be my accomplishment. But the main thing is I hope the guys learn something. Yeah. Uh, what I mean by that is like learning discipline, um, learning like communication, lear- learning things that you probably need to apply in life later. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something worth more than a gold ball. It, but winning a gold ball would be great. Uh, one of our goals was uh, winning a district or winning a tournament. And we did check off one on the list, but district is probably going to be tough now. So the next thing that we had on our goals is to make playoffs. Sure. Yeah. So that's what we're focusing on right now. And um, and if we can make that playoff run, let's do it. Uh, I know the boys want it. I want it. And they, they could see that I want it as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you've been at the games, but these past three ties that you mentioned earlier, sure, I was just running like crazy onto the field. <laughs> um, I was going crazy, and yeah, and that's something that they lit back up in me is that passion. And I told sure. them as well in that locker room, um, guys, you brought that passion that, for the love of the game for me back because I was losing it. Um, but seeing you guys pushing to the last minute, seeing you guys working those 80 minutes, uh, uh, you're making me love the game, game even more. Sure. So, but yeah, man. So it's a must win Friday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely being at the games, you can tell there's a lot of passion, mm-hmm. not only on the sidelines, um, but there's been a lot of passion in the stands too. And mm-hmm. so as heard, coaches, <laughs> you know, is that something that ever concerns y'all about what you're hearing or how things can go from the stands? You know, I think especially, 
at a Premier League or a Championship mm-hmm. League, you know, you're going to have your soccer hooligans you know, in <laughs> yeah. England and different places. But this is, you know, West Texas Panhandle high school sports. Yeah. And so, you know, does is that something that concerns you at all? Is that something you just block out and you're focused on the game? Me personally, I don't know about Coach Nunez, but me personally, uh, once the game starts, I'm like, I'm like zoned in on the game. Like everything else behind me, I'm like, I block out. I'm not, dis- uh, it's not a distraction for me. But yeah, I've heard that it's very passionate up there in the stands as well. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, there's a point where the refs came up to me. They're like, "Hey, man, can you come down to fans?" I was like, "What are they saying?" Like, I mean, well, they're just saying stuff. I was like, "Well, are they insults or anything?" And I think I called you one game, like, "Hey, sure. can you make yeah. that announcement?" Made an announcement, <laughs> yeah, hey, everyone. <laughs> just keep in mind. Yeah, this and is UIL so, sanctioned event, and I honestly don't know what was said because I'm like I was honestly just focused. I block mm-hmm. everything out, and that's why you see me running on the field too because I feel like I'm on the game sure. or I'm playing as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, think I think I could get a card for that. I don't even know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, kind of the same way. I think I block out a lot of stuff. Um, and, you know, you have to be pretty loud to hear out there anyways. But sure. uh, yeah. but I think, you know, um, just coming from kind of their perspective, um, I think that sometimes we forget that they're only, you know, 15, 16-year-old kids. Yeah. And so, um, you know, talking about trying to build that mentality, that winning mentality. You know, I talked to Coach Hamrick, our athletic director, and he said, you know, you know, I asked him, how did you do it? You know, how do you get them into that winning mentality? They've improved so much, but how do you improve their mentality? And he said, you know, um, you know, a lot of it starts at the dinner table. And so, and I didn't even really think about that. Um, I feed them positive as much as I can. So give them negative feedback when they ask for it. Some of them do, some of them don't, but, um, you know, I, I give them positive as much as I can, but I never thought, you know, it, it does start at the dinner table. And so, um, there's only so much that we can control on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that positive feedback from the community and from their families and from their friends and their other, other teammates, I think kind of is that big contributor. Um, I don't pay attention, I think, as much to what is said in the stands, but um, hopefully it's something that's positive. Hopefully mm-hmm. they go home to something that's positive. Um, I don't think that they realize that or, or, you know, really anybody realizes that it has more of an impact on the way they play than you really think they do. Mm-hmm, you know, sure. that, that feedback they receive when they go home to their family or when they see their friends or when they see their classmates or even their teachers and something sure. like that. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's 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 a big thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll get parent, you'll get players at different times and, and not necessarily just in soccer. I think this is in every sport. You can see them looking up in the stands towards their parents between plays, after plays, if they make a mistake. And it's just, you can tell they are looking for what is this going to be? What is this going to be like? You know, are they pleased with me? Are they not pleased with me? Am I going to hear this later? You know, and so it's being able to take away that and just focus on the game. Focus on being the player. Don't be the spectator, be the player. Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, soccer is a game of mistakes. You know, you score off of mistakes, you lose off of mistakes. And so um, it's, it's a lot of pressure um, on those kids when they do make mistakes. And so when they're looking into the stands, it's not one of those feelings like, oh, my mom's yelling at me. My dad's yelling at me. I'm going to do better now. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, no, mom and dad are mad at me. Sure. I hope I don't mess up again. And then they mess up again. And then they mess mm-hmm. up again. And then they mess up again. So, um, you know, and it's hard for me, too, because the girls... They are mature beyond their years, but they still still are just kids. And so, you know, there's times when 
they're messing up and they're messing up and they're messing up and they're like, coach, and, and they'll start crying, you know, coach, I just can't get it right. I can't get it right. I don't know what sure. I'm doing. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Shake it off. You'll get the next one. It's yeah. okay. It didn't, you know, it's, it's not anything that's, that's detrimental to the game that they're making mistakes over. They're just really nitpicky. And so, um, you know, a lot of that comes from criticism in other places, but um, it's really giving them that positive feedback that I think makes them better more than anything else when it's mm-hmm. okay to make a mistake and you'll get the next one sure. instead of making a mistake and then, and then feeling like, you know, their world's going to end. So it's, it's a lot of that, um, trying to give them as much positive feedback as we can, um, and still understanding that they're kids and they're still learning kind of their way around the world at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I tell the boys the same thing. Like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's all about like, what are you going to do after you make that mistake? Uh, because if you keep making that mistake, then you're being very inconsistent. You're not being consistent on trying to fix it. Because, like, I agree with Coach Nunez, like, soccer is a game of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but you just got to you just gotta pick it up and fix it afterwards. What are you going to do after you make that mistake? Uh, Friday against Randall, we had several mistakes, but they would fix it afterwards. So, like, uh, we were talking about it er- earlier like it's a win, ugly win. I wasn't satisfied with the win, but just with those little mistakes, they were able to fix it. I was satisfied with that. Yeah, sure. So, but yeah, I mean, it's all about what are you going to do after you make that mistake? So, yeah. So if I'm a, if I'm a parent of a young soccer player, let's say I have a little kid and they're playing Hutchinson County Youth Soccer Association, which (laughs) most of our kids start their sports at that. They Mm -hmm. start like three or four years old in that organization. But let's say, I have a little kid and my player is telling me, you know what? I want to be a bulldog or a lady bulldog one day. So what advice would you give to that parent in working with them and growing them, putting them in opportunities to, to be the best player that they can possibly be? Do you guys have any advice for that kind of player and that kind of parent? I think, you know, what I would tell, you know, a parent is, um, their love for the sport comes from passion. And if they're, if they're doing something and they're making mistakes and they feel like it's something that they're going to get in trouble for, it's, that's where you start to lose the passion. And so, you know, when they get older, you know, I've had a lot of kids that, you know, they play HCYSA, they get into high school and they're like, nope, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't want to play anymore. My parents Mm -hmm. yell at me. My coach yelled at me. It's, it's traumatic for me in a way. And so, um, I think, you know, building that passion is the one way for them to, to kind of put themselves into the game and, and want to get better on their own. But when they lose that passion, you can kind of see their, their loss for the love of the sport. And so, you know, when they're little, especially you can't, you can't really get on to them for, for the small things. And I mean, it's the same thing in high school, really. Um, we're, we want to make them better, but it's a lot of repetition and, and it's a lot of, you know, doing things you're not used to with your feet and, you know, running more than you're used to. And, and so it's, it's a lot of stuff that they have to grow through as not only a player, but as a kid. And so making sure that, that they still love the sport and they have passion for the sport, but they're enjoying what they're doing without feeling like they're under a microscope the whole time is, is one of the biggest things that I would say, especially as a kid, um, knowing that they can play the sport and they can have fun and it's okay. They can make mistakes and they'll, they're still going to get better anyways. So yeah, I I agree with her. It's all about building that passion. Once they have that passion, then then you can start working on the fundamentals and all that, like one-on-one training and uh, stuff like that. Um, think you might like this. Uh, there's a professional soccer player that became professional 
just by practicing with the basketball. So mm. he would just grab the basketball and just toss it up in the air and then just work on his touch. It's the little things like that. Mm-hmm. And he was about, I would say, I think he said he was about 10 years old when he started doing all that. And then mm-hmm. he just started working on the fundamentals. He started finding one-on-one training. But yeah, I just find that passion and just work on the simple things. And that and that's something I always tell the boys, like it's the little things that we need to work on. It may be boring, but we all need it. And that's sure. how we'll build our, uh, and that's how we build our skills and, and be able to use it onto the field as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, you know, from a coaching pr- perspective that um, I think some coaches struggle with, you know, why aren't my kids working hard? Why aren't they working hard? But if they're if they're not there doing something that they enjoy doing, they don't have something to work hard for. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, with, with my girls especially, um, I say they're like my little sisters. And so it's like when they're not working hard, they feel like they're disappointing me. And so it's it's not like, a, oh, I have to work hard for Coach Nunez. It's like Coach, Nune- Coach Nunez expects me to work hard and I don't want to disappoint her. Sure. And I know what she expects of me. And, and you know, I love them like they're my family. And so... We're on that level where it's like, you know, I trust them and they trust me and and we're not going to disappoint each other. And so, you know, kind of building that emotional bond and, you know, they have a passion for the game that some of them, I think, has grown in the last year that, you know, some of them, they did it because their friends played. And now it's like, Mm. oh, coach, did you watch, you know, that game last night? That was crazy. And I was like, I didn't even watch the game, but I'm glad you did. And so it's kind of building that passion outside of things. You know, girls are a little bit different from boys, you know, Mm. girls. They want to be there because their friends are there and they want to be there and they want to look pretty. And, you know, they, <laughs> they, they care about that type of stuff. But a lot of them, um, they're starting to grow that passion for the game sure. and, and they love it. And, and outside of soccer, they want to do soccer. And so it's like, you know, on the weekends, they're like, hey, can we go to the field? Can you let us have some balls? Can we shoot? And I'm like, we had a game yesterday, like take a break, you know? And, sure. yeah. and it's like, but we just love it. We want to be there. And so it's, you know, that passion is a big thing, I think. Oh, yeah. I have boys too, like. After practice, they want to stay after hours and work on their free kicks, goal kicks, um, punts, all sorts of stuff. And that's what I want to see. As a coach, that's what I like to see as well. Sure. And I, I see I see it from the boys as well, like how Victoria was saying about the girls, uh, like talking to her, like building that relationship with her. And I see that them, they're building that relationship with me as well. Sure. And if from quote, coach to athlete or student athlete relationship, and like, I also see them like, I don't know if I see them as my little brothers, but I see them as like my sons. <laughs> sure. Because yeah. there's times I like rip them a good one. Because <laughs> You know, you're not supposed to do that, man. Uh, you disappointed in me. So, uh, so that's the difference with uh, how I see it. And the Guys boys see it as well. more to that than girls though. Guys need to be yeah. differently than they do. Yeah. Yeah. Men need to be yelled at sometimes. <laughs> well, I, have, I have some that, that ask me to yell at them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I have some that are like, tell me what I did wrong. And I'm like, you didn't really do anything that wrong and it's like no tell me what I did wrong give me something I'm like well I don't know what you want me to tell you (laughs) was it last week or two weeks ago you're out what were you saying that hey go do something to coach Flores he's just a big teddy bear what were you saying to one of the boys and they're like, no, I'm scared oh, of Coach th- Flores. Yeah, yeah. One of the boys, <laughs> one of the boys came in the office, and they is Coach Flores here. I said no, and they kind of just peeked in. And I said, you scared of Coach Flores? He's a big teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. They walked out. I don't, think, aura, I don't think I'm that mean, man. But it's the it's the it's the status. It's the title. Okay. You know, I think that in a lot of ways we still hold the coach mm. to a high regard. You know that that 
position of the coach. And I think that's a good thing. I think there should be reverence and respect for yeah. the mm-hmm. coach, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, in general with sports. I was talking, I think I was talking to my wife the other day because I brought that up. I was like, why are they scared of me? Why? And then she's like, well, I don't think they're scared of you. It's just like what you said. I think they just have that respect for you. I was like, absolutely. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, all right, guys. Hey, thank y'all so much for coming on to yeah, the show. You. Yeah, thank We're you for having us. We're proud of your team. Yeah, thank and we look forward to seeing what's going to happen this second half of district. So best of luck. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs>after talking with coaches Victoria Nunez and Jose Flores man they had a lot to say just and really great interviews with them and uh I'm, I'm excited about what they're doing with the soccer program over I am too I mean I really am both of these both of these people have played mm-hmm. very competitively at high levels I felt weird sitting in here I was like I'm the only person in this room who didn't play you know a sport in college <laughs> It's like guitar in college. You, you analyze at a collegiate level. I watched a lot of sports. That's exactly right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm still learning about the game on the pitch. I'm still learning sure. about the game every single year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We we are more into it now than, than we were 10 years ago. Right. For my kids playing. But mm-hmm. man, it's such a great game. And I think especially in the world level when you start getting into the World Cup and oh, yeah. different things like that. Oh, it's blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a lot of things coming up, Michael. It's we do. Springtime. We do. Let's start running it down here. Right, so in go. soccer action, the boys will host the Dalhart Club team this Tuesday. Um, that will already happen as we do this podcast, but just letting you guys know, and that's at Bulldog Stadium. Both teams will then be traveling to Ockletree County to face Perryton and the Perryton Rangers on Friday, mm-hmm. February the 23rd. And both teams are going to be looking for revenge as each one of those teams lost in the last round by one goal each. So you won't want to miss it if you're in Ockletree County. Game start at 5 p.m. All right. a hey, track season. We just want to give you all a heads up. Track season is starting up. Love track. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It's my favorite season. Is it really? I, Dude, I love track meets. The Amarillo Relays. The district area uh-huh. track meets. Oh, love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just personally, I just hate running. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not good at jumping or, you know, throwing things. So, yeah. So, yeah. Trav was never into track. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be a track runner, mm-hmm. that right there is more mental and physical strength. Mm-hmm. It just... To be able to go out there and do that Mm -hmm. and to work hard and put yourself out there, dude, that says something. We may get complaints about all these other sports. You may hear complaints about all these other things, but you know what people don't complain about? Oh, I want my kid to run more mile relays. I want my kid to run more 400s. (laughs) Why? Because it's hard. Right. And everyone's always looking for a way out of something hard. So do something hard. Go out there and run track. Yeah. Encourage them. Mm -hmm. Do what I didn't do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to golf. Uh, oh, wait, I forgot to make, say track's coming up. Practice is it starting. Is. Uh, and so they have a practice meet this Friday at West Plains. Kicking it off. Yeah, kicking it off. Uh, on to golf. The girls will host the Borger Invitational this weekend at Borger Country Club and Phillips Golf Course. The, they will tee off at 9 a.m. on Friday and Saturday. Uh, 
The boys will compete in the 4A Region 1 preview at Shadow Hills in Lubbock, and they will also begin at 9 a.m. In softball action, softball is actually going to be going to Idaloo for another tournament this upcoming weekend where I think they saw some really tough competition at LISD. Mm-hmm. I think at Idaloo, they're going to see some definitely some competition more uh, at a smaller level. So I think we're going to be able to compete very well. Okay. And then in baseball action, they're going to be competing in their first tournament of the season at Fort Stockton. So they got a road trip ahead of them. All that right. will also be this weekend. Okay. Uh, on to Frank Phillips men's and women's basketball. Uh, they play tonight, uh, Monday night, as we're recording this podcast. So we'll let you know how that goes. But they'll be at Midland College. Both teams will be back home this Thursday. So if you're listening to the podcast on Wednesday, tomorrow night, Thursday, they will be here in Borger at the BCAC versus Clarendon College at 5.45 p.m. The girls' game will tip off the boys' game to follow. And then both teams will travel to Hobbs, New Mexico next Monday, the 26th, to take on New Mexico Junior College. That starts at 5.45 local time. Nice. Yep. And then in Plainsman Baseball, the Plainsman head to Dallas, DFW, to take on Dallas Richmond College this Friday and Saturday in a four-game series with two, count them, two doubleheaders. And then Lady Plainsman Softball, the Lady Plainsman finished their series against Heston College today, and that's the day of this recording on Monday. Then this Thursday coming up, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, they will take on Western Oklahoma State College here at home in a doubleheader. On Sunday the 25th, they'll travel to Garden City, Kansas to take on Garden City Community College in a doubleheader. Next Tuesday the 27th, Luna Community College comes to town for another doubleheader here against the Lady Plainsmen. They're busy. Busy times. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, Well, hey, that's all we got. That's that's our show. That's all we got this week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, We'll be back next week with a lot more Burger Sports action. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Borger Sports Podcast. Thanks again to our official sponsor, Plumley Real Estate Group. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram to join the conversation. And feel free to contact us with any comments, questions, or advertising inquiries at borgersportspod at gmail.com.